because you're too young and I don't want Before you to go. Before you go anywhere, you need well, to clean Well, that's not fair. Everybody's going. Well, I don't care about no, everybody else. No, it's not. Well, you should. I want to go because You never let me do anything. Well, I'm sorry. Have you taken the trash out yet? No, not yet. I'm going to do it in a little bit. Well, a little bit is right now. I mean, you need to do it now. That's all you ever complain about. It really is trash. Is it trash that important? Well, do I have to do everything? I have to I have to go to work and come home and take the trash I go to work and I come home and I cook dinner and I take care of the kids. You go down now. There's no need to yell like that. Because I said so. But that's not fair. It is fair. I don't care. Go well, and do it. that's not fair. Everybody's going. Well, I don't care about no, everybody else. Well, you should. Care about I you. I'm not responsible. You never let me do oh anything. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired of this. Are you getting tired of that yet? <laughs> well, in Proverbs, it says, a person in a hurry makes a lot of mistakes. Did you ever notice that? Okay. So, suppose your bank said, I'm going to give you $86,400, but there's one condition. I'm going to give that to you every day for the rest of your life. In the morning, your account is $86,400, one condition. You have to spend it all in one day. Think you could do it? You're saying, well, I'd like to try right? I'd like to try. So you'd have to figure out really quick how you're going to have to be able to spend money really quick, right? What would, what would be the first thing you'd do? Pay off debt. You could probably do that in maybe one or two days, right? Charity. Oh yeah, of course. Sale fields. Buy a big truck. You'd probably buy a couple of beach houses. <laughs> You'd probably buy a bunch of cars. You'd probably go online, right? Because that'd be the quickest way that you could spend money, right? Uh, you'd, you'd, you'd have to figure it out really. See, I can see your minds just going, the first things that come to your mind. You'd, you'd try. But then the next morning, 86,000, you'd acquire a lot of stuff that first day, wouldn't you? And then the next morning, you'd have $86,400 to spend again. Now, when you get at the end of the day, you can't carry it over. You can't save it. Whatever you don't spend is lost. And so you would acquire cars and houses and your debt would go away. And then the next morning, you'd have to get up and spend that money all over again, $86,400, because at the end of the day, you can't carry it over and whatever you didn't spend, you'd lose. And then you'd, you'd get all of this stuff, cars and houses and, and all that stuff. And then you'd have to protect all that stuff. You realize that, right? Because people are going to want your stuff. And then that would create anxiety, and then you would need therapy, but you wouldn't have time to get therapy because the next morning you got to get up and spend that $86,400 on more stuff because you're out of debt now, right? And you wouldn't go in debt because you're spending all that stuff. And then you get up the next morning, and you'd say, stop, that's exhausting, it's too much. It would just overwhelm us. Well, you know, all of us have a bank like that, right? And it's called time. And every morning, it credits us with 86,400 seconds every morning. And every night, whatever it is you don't spend or whatever you don't invest, it's gone. You can't do anything for tomorrow and what's past is past. Yet most of us would say, based on our life, I don't have enough time. But we just got exhausted spending $86,400 every day. We have $86,400. And here's the interesting thing about time. Equality is forced upon us. 
Everybody here has an equal amount of time. We don't hear that in our culture much today, do we? We hear about inequalities. That person has more than I have, or I'm going to try to acquire more than that person has. But here's the thing. Every single one of us in this room has an equal amount of time. It's God-given equality. Now, if we run out of time, or if time gets away from us, or if we don't have enough time, it's an indictment on us and the way that we're spending our time. See, the truth is, either we master our minutes or our minutes master us. Either we use our time or our time uses us. And most times, it gets ahead of us. And we have so many things, we hardly even know uh, what's going on. And before we know it, it can slip away like a ghost. This guy wrote, this. He said, when as a child I laughed, time crept. Do you remember when you were a kid, it seemed like time went on and on? Because you were always waiting on parents, probably. It went on and on. It just dragged on. And then he said, as, I, as I, a youth, I dreamed and talked and time walked. It started to speed up a little bit. I became a full-grown man and time ran. As older I grew, time flew. And I'll find while traveling on, time gone. Carl Sandburg, who is an American writer and a Pulitzer Prize winner, he wrote this. He said, time is the coin of your life, the only coin that you have. And only you can determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let other people spend it for you. So we have to ask ourselves, how am I spending my time? What are my priorities? Am I really living out my priorities? And who's in charge of my time? And the way that we can know is by listening to ourselves and, and listening to what we say. If, if you, do you hear yourself say, you know, I'm sleeping really well. And, and I'm not too busy. I'm really not. Um, I have enough time. I'm balanced. If, if you hear yourself saying that, then you're probably making some really wise choices about your 86,400 seconds. And your life is kind of in this healthy zone. But if you hear yourself say, oh man, my stress level is going up. I, I, I can't even hear God. I can't seem to get everything done. There's just not enough hours in the day. I hear that one a lot. And I'm not really doing what I really want to or, or what I need to. It's just like I just don't have enough hours in the day. If you hear yourself say that, your time probably needs to be reclaimed. And it's time to, which you have done, come here and kind of decompress and, and take this message through the filter of your life and begin to open your mind to the possibility that maybe some things in your life need to be reprioritized. And it was so funny. You know, I've, I live in these messages for a week and pray and kind of research. And, and uh, at the, I think it was Wednesday, and I thought, oh, man, my week, I've got my class to do, and there's a lot of writing to do for that, a lot of prep and prayer. And, you know, it takes a lot of time. And then I've also got this message, and I need the time and the prayer. And we were at lunch on Wednesday, and Jody said, could you pick up Gracie and Jackson on Friday? And I said, 
oh man, I didn't even think about it. I said, oh man, I am really crunched for time this week. <laughs> and, and Colin looked at me and said, do you realize what you just said? You're doing a message on time and you're saying you're crunched on time. And so I, I, I worked on all of this and I said, you know what? Because I told Jody I, I really couldn't do it. So she made other arrangements and, and I thought, you know what? That's a priority in my life. Those kids and the time I spend with them. So I called her up and I said, you know what? I'm going to pick them up on Friday. I don't care uh, what's going on there. And uh, so I, I went and they said, hey, you're here. And, and I, we thought Tone was going to pick us up. And I said, yeah, but you know what? I want to be with you. And so I said, where do you guys want to go to lunch? So we went to Cracker Barrel and we sat there and had lunch. We had the most awesome conversations. And you know what happened? I had enough time for everything I needed to get done this week. That's how it works. When we understand that there are some priorities in our life that are really important, and if we're, if we're not taking the time to really evaluate that, we're just going to be squeezing stuff into our life all the time, and we will not have enough time. See, God's design for us, every single one of us, he gave us equal amount of time, and God's design is that we find this natural rhythm that he has for us, that he designed for us, for our bodies, our physical bodies, and our soul. And the Bible has a lot to say about uh, that, and uh, he gives us a lot of guidance about how to get in the natural rhythm of who he is. It says, make plans by counting on God to direct us. See, we just kind of take off, well, I've got to make money, and I've, we've got to have our bills paid, and, you know, I need this, and I need that. So we just set off and do that, and somehow time then begins to control us instead of us taking charge of it. And, and God has this natural rhythm. He gives us guidance in his word. And when we begin to take the time, think, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, if we don't take that time, we're going to always be playing catch-up. And it'll feel like we never have enough. But lining up our priorities with his design, which he lays out for us, if, if we'll look in there, he has a prescription. You know, we go to the doctor, and the doctor will write out a prescription, and we go to the pharmacy, and we pick that up. Well, God has the same thing for us. He has prescriptions for healthy living and, and finding harmony and balance in life. And time just gets ahead of us and life gets ahead of us and we just do what needs to get done next. And before we know it, it's controlling us instead of us saying, wait a minute, God has given me this gift of time and I need to slow down and figure this thing out. And he has an abundant life for us. He has a life where we have enough, and not only enough, but even more peace and more harmony in our life. In Psalm, it says, teach us, Lord, to number our days aright so we can gain a heart of wisdom. It's wisdom that he wants to give us so that we can find this balance and this harmony that he desi designed for us. You've probably seen this illustration. Watch this.
Now take a look at that. Did you notice what happened there? Because the container represents what we all have equally. The container represents our time. And in that first one, they took that big rock and they put it in first. And then they put the smaller pebbles and the sand and a little bit of it didn't get in there. And then they poured the water in, but generally all of it got in there. On the other side, they put the little pebbles in first and then they put the sand and then they put the water. But you see what's left out? Same amount of stuff, but the big rock, there is no way you're going to be squeezing that big rock into that container now. And that's sort of how our life goes. What does it take to reclaim our time? Well, we have to look at the big rocks of our life and kind of reprioritize and, and, and look at the big rocks that need to go in first. Instead of how we generally do, just try to squeeze them in later. And when we try to squeeze those things in later, it throws everything out of balance. It won't fit. So I want to remind you of this morning, two big rocks that I would challenge you to make priorities in your life. First of all, it's just a reminder and it's really obvious because we're in church, right? It's quality time with God. Where are you at in your time with God? Are you, are you walking with him and talking with him throughout the day in this relationship that you have? Um, or, or are you just trying to squeeze him in? you got so much to do and so much to get done. And then you say a little prayer in the morning, maybe a little prayer at night, and then he's somewhere in between there that you think about him. Are you trying to squeeze him in like that big rock that now has to get into that container of time that seems to be filled up with other things? See, All relationships have to have time to be nurtured, and and they have to have quality time to develop. If Buddy and I were separated all the time, and we never talked to each other on the telephone, and uh, there's, there's a certain amount of time away from each other that's really healthy and really good, but if we didn't take time to nurture that relationship and work through some of our difficulties and, and have fun times together, that relationship would go by the wayside. That's when people say, well, we've just grown apart. Well, no, you didn't make it priority in your life. All relationships need time, quality time, to nurture and to, to grow together. Same thing with us in our relationship with Christ. If we think we're just going to squeeze it in into our life and kind of take a little piece and a little piece there, it's just going to throw everything out of balance. You're just not going to have enough. And so we have to rethink that. There's a lot of scripture that speaks to this, and I just want to let the scripture speak. First of all, it says reverence for God. Listen to this. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. Now I'm going to make a bold statement here. When our priorities, when our priorities line up with God's prescription for health and balance, we'll have enough time. Now, you can either trust my word or you can actually try that out. You'll never know this for sure until you actually experience it. That somehow it is the fishes and the loaves which probably won't happen with the candy. It is he does make more when we put him first, whether it's our money or our time. Somehow he does this miracle of making things enough. 
And not only enough, but even more sometimes than we need. So you're going to have to try that out. Just don't take my word. But the Bible says that, and I believe it. And when we practice that, we discover that it's true. Listen to this. Reverence for God gives a person deep strength. Trust the Lord completely in everything you do. Put God first, and he'll direct you and your and your crown He'll crown your efforts with success. Now, we work our little fingers to the bone to be successful. When in reality, he's saying, if we can put him first, we'll find success in our life. It's all about our definition of success. And then it says, some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. So that's putting God first in quality. That's a big rock that we need to reevaluate and reprioritize and make sure that we're putting that big rock in our equal container first. The second rock is one that kind of took me off as I prayed and I asked the Lord, what direction do you want me to take? And I've put this down through my own life. The second big rock to, to reclaim time is rest. Did you know that rest is an act of worship? Resting our bodies and resting our minds is an act of worship. You see, it's part of God's design to bring balance and health into our life. And Jesus gives the perfect prescription. He says, if you're working your silly fingers to the bone, he said, come to me if you're weary, and I'll give you rest. So if we're out of balance, if our life is out of kilter, we just need to stop. And go to him and ask him, God, what what in my life is, is out of balance? And he said, I'll give you rest. And his design to reclaim time and balance is a couple of ways. First of all, he says, practice a Sabbath. Now, this is an old, old concept all the way back to the Ten Commandments, really, honor the Sabbath. And, you know, I grew up believing that the Sabbath was Sunday. And uh, on Sundays, we would go to church in the morning, and then we'd go to friends' houses for, we called it dinner at that time. It, it was lunch. And have this big spread of food, and the children would go out and play, and the people would sit, sit around, the adults would sit around and talk. And then in the evening, we'd just kind of go home and kind of chill out. And uh, it was really interesting um, when Buddy and I went to Colorado to a, a retreat there, and we were there over a weekend, and they said, we're going to practice the Sabbath. And they said, did you know that the Sabbath includes three things? The Sabbath, now for Buddy and I, our Sabbath is on Tuesdays because we work on the weekends. We're here, and we serve God, but this is also our work. And so we can't do that on a Sunday. So Tuesdays, we take the day off, and we just unhook. We used to think we had to get out of town in order to unhook, but we really don't. It's all a matter of of restoring the rhythm and the balance of what God would have for us. And our Sabbath is a time where we don't think about anything about work. But but those three things, so in Colorado when we were there, we went out in the, well, the morning we woke up, we had a beautiful suite, and we just kind of hung out and drank some coffee. And I would love to do that every Sunday morning, actually. It was a beautiful time. I, I can't because that doesn't, that's not what my life is about. But we we did that, and then uh, in the afternoon, we drove into the uh, Olympic Village, and we just kind of had fun, took pictures, and, and read things, and just played, and had a good time. And then that evening, 
we went back and we worshiped together. There were six couples there, and we just worshiped together. And that day was so special. And that's what God designed for us because that rejuvenates you. It rests you. It renews your spirit, and it, it rests your body, and, and it lines you up with the balance and the rhythm of what God designed for us. Sabbath. And today, you know, we pack so much into Sabbath. You know, you might go home and mow the yard and have to do the laundry because the other six days um, you're working, right? God said about the Sabbath, he said, you have six days to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. I don't care what that day is. We need that seventh day to chill and to rest. Your grass, let it grow. Let the laundry pile up if you can't get it done in those six days. Because we need one day where we unhook. Our bodies need that. Our minds need that. God designed that. That's his natural rhythm for our rest. And if we don't make that priority, we're going to be trying to squeeze rest into our life and we'll never get it. Because reclaiming time means paying attention to not just the Sabbath rest, but also to our sleep. We don't talk about this much, do we? I did open the subject up this week with the ones that uh, I work with, and we had lots of conversation about our sleep. But um, what you, many of you might relate to this video. Watch this. And isn't that how most of our six days go? We get so caught up. But every night we have to sleep, right? Now, I'm not just talking about sleep. Going to bed and snoring yourself silly. I'm talking about restful sleep and making that priority. One of the first things to suffer, well, let me read this. It, in Proverbs, it says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know God enjoys giving rest 
to those that he loves. That was kind of like how Buddy talked about, you get up in the morning, you eat a little breakfast, you go to work, you come home, you sit in the recliner, you fall asleep in front of the TV, and you go to bed, and you get up in the morning, and you just do it all over again. That's time controlling us. And every night, we need sleep. We were designed to have sleep. God created that for our physical bodies and for our minds to rest. And God's prescription for reclaiming time is not just sleep, but restful sleep. And one of the first things to suffer when our time priorities get out of balance is our sleep is disrupted. And we begin to minimize the importance of finding this natural rhythm of our restful sleep. And we try to squeeze it in because we say, we've got this important thing, we've got that important thing, and, and we try to squeeze it in, and then we just hope for the best. And you know what happens? Stress rises, anxiety rises, and that disrupts our restful sleep. And then we drag all day, and then we hit an energy drink, and we spike, and then we crash. And that takes a toll on our body because we're going against the natural rhythm that God has for us. And then that increases stress, and then that cycle just... It's a vicious cycle. And then if there are some unchecked emotional distress in our life, depression, depression will cause somebody to sleep 12, 14, 16 hours and then take... I had someone after the first service and she said, I discovered that I'm worshiping all the time because rest, you see, is a form of worship. And she said, yeah, I sleep 12 hours and then I sleep half a day in the afternoon. She said, I'm a worshiper. <laughs> and I said, no, you know you're out of balance, right? She said, yeah, I do. But I prefer to say I'm worshiping. <laughs> and we can trick ourselves into that, but I thought that was kind of funny. But, but that's kind of the cycle that we get into. And if there's any, any uh, anger in our, in our life, and that's why Jesus says, don't go to bed angry. And some people say, well, then I'll never go to bed because I'm angry. And uh, anger, depression, anxiety, it all resides and robs, and it's a thief of our restful sleep. And what that means is something needs attention. Look what the Bible says. It says anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down. We were in the booth and we were talking about this sleep thing and I asked people, what's your, just different questions. And, and one person in the booth said, you know, that's true. We were going through the scriptures and, and, and they said, it really is true. When you have anxiety, it feels like your heart is so heavy. And the Bible says that. And it also says a relaxed attitude. And that doesn't just happen. There has to be an intentionality about slowing down and taking a look at our life and, and asking God, what is it that you need to show me that's interrupting my sleep, that's interrupting the natural rhythm of, of my body? And it says a relaxed attitude lengthens a person's life. It also says being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's a slow death to be gloomy all the time. And we carry that heaviness with us. And it disrupts our sleep or we sleep longer. We don't sleep enough. Disrupted sleep is a clue that something needs attention. But instead of prioritizing, you know what we do? We take sleep aids or we go get the machine or we uh, go to the doctor and we say, would you write me a prescription for something? When in reality, time well spent is stopping and listening and discovering how we've gotten out of balance of the rhythm that God designed for our bodies and for our minds.
Michael Jackson was the best example of the importance of sleep. He couldn't get to sleep and he actually died because of that. See, God wants us to discover this natural rhythm that he's given us and he lays it out in his word. And it's not being extreme one way or the other. It's finding that balance for our minds, our bodies, and our soul. The Bible says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? God gave every single one of us a body. We get to choose how we're going to use it. Same with time. God gave every one of us an equal amount of time. We get to choose how we're going to use it. And he clearly says our bodies are his temple. He wants to live there. He wants to reside there. And his design is that we find restful sleep. But I'll tell you, I hear more than anything how we're trying to just squeeze, how we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I've got all this other stuff, and, and our restful sleep is so interrupted. It's important for you to know how many hours a night of rest, restful sleep that you need. Mine is six. How many, what do you need? Seven? Ten? <laughs> That's a bit extreme, but... <laughs> What, eight, eight, yeah. So, someone over here? You, we, everybody needs to know. Um, you know, I can do five hours every now and then, uh, but uh, and if I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, go to the airport or something, it's like, but what happens is if you don't know what that is, if you're not finding that and making sure, taking personal responsibility that you're getting that kind of restful sleep over the average of your life, you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to drag, and you, your time is not going to be what you would hope it would be. What's interfering with your restful sleep? A lot of people will say, well, my mind races. You know, I can't get my mind to stop. Have you ever thought about just praying? Pray. That'll put you to sleep. <laughs> Try it. Just don't stop praying until you wake up the next morning. There are ways that you can, if you need to get help with that, I can help you with that. We can stop our minds. It's called thought stopping. And we can actually, uh, over time, uh, get our minds to be under our control <laughs> instead of it being, us being under its control. You can actually do that. You can teach yourself to slow down. And that's one of the things that we try to squeeze in, but it needs to be a big rock a priority. Learn to slow down. In this fast-paced, uptight world that we have, it's controlling us. We need to take charge of our 86,400 seconds. So slow down. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Learn to quiet yourself. And if your mind is racing, ask God to capture your thoughts. He will. He'll take that big old catcher's mitt and he'll capture your thoughts and you'll be able to slow down. There's no excuse for it. And learn to do that naturally with him. Many say, well, my mind just goes like crazy. Well, you can, you can begin to slow that down because if you ask him and if you listen, he'll show you what's cheating you. He'll show you. Sometimes that's why we don't want to stop, because we don't want to see what's there. But when we are 
gutsy and courageous enough to allow him to show us what that is, then we can surrender it. Now we've got something that we can do that we can practice to slow down and find the peace and the healing and the balance and the harmony. Can you imagine if the world asked all of us believers, do you have enough time? Do you have enough money? And we said, yeah, we do. Because we've discovered how to line our priorities up with God's priorities and his perfect prescription. Balance and time can be reclaimed. It says an intelligent person aims at wise action. But a fool starts off in many directions. You know, research has just shown that multitasking is really not good for our brain. uh, Because it sends us in all different kinds of places. Now, personality types, some people can multitask better than other people, but it says if you can just stick with one project and finish that, you're going to get more into the natural rhythm of who you are. Slow down. Reprioritize. Put those two big rocks in life first, God and rest. Yesterday morning as as I was working on this, it was pretty early. I had my six hours of sleep, went to bed at 12.30, got up at 6.30, and uh, it was kind of dawn, and it was really quiet. Buddy was gone. He's at men's retreat. And uh, come on out, band. And this is my deck. I opened the door, and the birds, just one bird. I have one friendly bird, and that bird was chirping. And, and it was cool, and it was like the whole earth had been refreshed. It was just amazing. And it wasn't daylight yet. It was just dawn. And I took that one plant over on the left there and I, I uh, took a picture of that and it was just so refreshing. It was like a new day that was starting all over that was just refreshing. Did you know that dew cannot fall where there's heat and friction? The re- refreshing dew cannot fall until we slow down. If our body's gone in every direction, if our mind is racing like crazy, the refreshment cannot fall on us. We have to learn how to slow down so that we can find that place, that cool place where it has a place to land, to refresh us, to re-energize us, so that we can heal and be restored to balance, to God's natural rhythm. I would challenge you to not minimize the importance of restful sleep every night. Rest on the weekends through through the Sabbath or whatever day that's necessary for you to take. Henry David Thoreau wrote, as if you could kill time without injuring eternity. We think we can, don't we? We think we can get away with it and it'll all work out. We have to be intentional about reclaiming our time. So as we worship, I just want to give you something to ponder. It's just a song that talks about amazing grace, how wonderful it is. But we've slowed down, haven't we? Haven't put you to sleep yet, have I? Somebody told me that um, my voice tends to be very soothing and puts them asleep. So I talk to Buddy every night before we go to bed. And before I know it, he's snoring away. But we've kind of slowed down. You took the time this morning to even come here. And so God's not finished with us yet. Our time is not finished yet. 
So let's just stand together and as we ponder, I want you to think about this. Time is a God-given gift that's equal for all of us. And, and would you allow God to speak to you? He probably already has as we worship together to speak to you about how you might line up with God's priorities. What, he's, what is he saying to you that's disrupting that? And what is it that needs to be reclaimed in your life? Let's let the dew fall and let's listen very carefully for his voice. Thank you. 